sometimes at the rectory where Father Matt and I live, there will be a time where he'll kind of knock on my door. Father, are you in there? And that's what Father Matt sounds like. A few weeks ago, he preached as he was uh, preparing the Mass for the 6 p.m. Mass, and that Mass is recorded, the homily is recorded, and he was amazed that he had an accent and that he sounded like that. This is how some of his phone calls sound. Hey, it's Father Matt. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad, his, his accent goes. And I think it's kind of interesting how, our life, how we actually sound when we actually take time to listen to ourselves, and maybe more importantly, when we listen to others. In 2 Corinthians today, St. Paul says something kind of strange, and I just want you just to listen in and, and, and listen to what he said, because I get it how it goes. Sometimes we, we come to Mass and we need a little bit of a reset button or a recharge to really listen to the Word and re-engage. But St. Paul says something kind of strange, and I wonder how people heard this when he was speaking. He says this, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What would your life look like if you did that? If you always tried to place yourself in the disposition of being at the foot of the cross with John the beloved disciple, Mary Magdalene, and our Blessed Mother Mary, while our Lord is suffering to save you. Maybe just right now, place yourself there at the cross and close your eyes and ask yourself these questions. If I was spiritually at the crucifixion, would I associate myself with the same people? Would I have the same friends that I have? Would I spend my time the same way? Would I watch the same TV shows, the Netflix series, or even YouTube videos? If I was at the foot of the cross, would I listen to the same radio stations, read the same books and magazines? Would I follow the same people I currently follow on social media, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even Snapchat? Would I be proud of my actions, or would I be embarrassed of my actions? If I was spiritually always at the crucifixion, would I gossip? Would I use foul language? Would I treat people the same as I do or differently than I currently do? Would I treat my spouse the same way? Would I treat my children the same way? Would I treat my brothers and sisters the same way? You know, if I was spiritually at the foot of the cross and I was trying to be like St. Paul, and trying to know Jesus and him crucified and nothing else, would I share the good news of the gospel with those around me who don't go to church very often? Would I withhold forgiveness from others, or would I finally grant them forgiveness? Would I repent from my sins? Would I turn away from my sins, from those things that I know that are unhealthy for me? Would I complain about how difficult things are, or would I begin to be more grateful for how good our God is? Would I make fun of other people who I think are not as good as me? Would I be jealous or envious of others or grateful for the gift that they are in Christ Jesus? 
Would I always assume that other people are out to get me? That they're always ill-intentioned? Or would I take time to get to know them and ask them for clarity? Would I continue to ignore people around me? Or would I begin to say hello to them and acknowledge them as being made in the image and likeness of God? Would I take the call from Isaiah 58 that we heard in our gospel today to feed the hungry, give shelter to the homeless, and give drink to the thirsty? Maybe a question to ask is, would I sin? You know, if I place myself spiritually at the crucifixion and always try to remain there, would I pray more? Would I goof off at Mass and try to allow myself to be distracted? Would I receive communion irreverently to know and forget what it costs Jesus? Would I avoid or go to the sacrament of confession? Would I even consider leaving Mass early after receiving his body and blood, knowing what he did for me on the cross to save me? You see, my friends, Jesus says in the gospel today that you are the light of the world. And the cross is the light. And the church is the lampstand. And because we follow Jesus and his mystical body, the church, you and I that are sitting in these pews today, we have to carry the cross of being held to a higher standard than everybody else around us. So when people are struggling, they look to us as how to act. And we're also called, you know, to be salt of the earth. We're called to give flavor to things that have lost their flavor, looking at people who are going through the motions in their life, who aren't on fire with the gospel, who don't know the love of Jesus. And we're also, you know, take time and, and do those corporal works of mercy, which bring light to the world, which bring salt to the earth, you know, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to visit the sick, to visit the imprisoned, to bury the dead, to give drink to the poor, to clothe the naked. And is it going to be easy to, to do this? No, it's not. But our world needs you to be Jesus to others. I love going to the saints for looking for inspiration of how do I do this? St. Teresa of Avila has a prayer she called, Christ has no body but yours. And this is what she says. She says, Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks on compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hand with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. Yours, you are his body. Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on the world. Remember that Christ has no body now on earth but yours. We hear St. Paul later in Corinthians talk about being the mystical body of Christ. And if you think of where are you in that mystical body, I would say before I had my conversion, before I really encountered Christ, before I kind of got over myself, I was two parts of the body. One was the butt, and the other one was the ears. 
Because all I did was sit in the pews on Sunday and listen, but I never did anything. And it's going to be a hard walk to overcome our pride, to overcome our egos, but that's why we offer different, different parish programs such as like Alpha, or we're offering a new series on the Mass, or we have our Koinonia retreat coming up to help us grow in community because it's much easier to follow Jesus when you have someone along your side to encourage you and support you. So we don't have to do this alone, which is the beautiful news of the gospel. It's much easier to be the light of the world when you have another light next to you. It's much easier to be salt of the earth when you have another person bringing salt to the earth with you to preserve the dignity of the human person, to do the corporal works of mercy. I also like to go to St. Teresa of Calcutta. She talks about how it's so easy to quit and throw in the towel when you're doing well, but you don't need to. Because remember that our reward is in heaven. And she says this, People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people might accuse you of selfish and ulterior motives. Be kind anyways. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends, excuse me, and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyways. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. When you spend years creating, others could destroy it overnight. Create anyways. If you find serenity and happiness, some people might be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do will be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and know that it will never be enough. But give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. anyway. I just want to repeat that last one twice. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. You know, when we look at our lives, we have a, an op- opportunity to be fed with the body and blood of Jesus in just a moment, to give us the courage, to give us the spiritual nourishment we need to go out and spread the good news of the gospel. And we don't know when we leave here if we're going to make it tomorrow. I'd just like to briefly speak about the life of Kobe Bryant. Because it seems so odd to me that people don't know how Catholic he was. But a few weeks ago, he was sitting in the pews at 7 a.m. Mass with his daughter. And a couple hours later, they died in a horrible helicopter crash. You know, a lot of people don't know that he was very Catholic. And it took a tragic event where he actually committed adultery went to a court case and felt like his whole world was falling apart in the early 2000s. And that event led him to get over his ego, over his pride, and he turned to his priest. And his priest said, do you have a good lawyer? And Kobe said, yes, I do. Then he just said, let it go. And Kobe Bryant just said, for some reason, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, moved and helped him let go. And later, 
as the, as the court case ended, Kobe Bryant was being interviewed. And he's being interviewed, and the gentleman said, now how are you doing? And Kobe, Kobe Bryant said, God is great. And the person who was interviewing him said, with all due respect, how can God be great? And Kobe Bryant said, if you have ever fallen so hard and had Christ pick up you and your cross and carry you, then you know how great God is. You know, later on, when Kobe Bryant would retire, the first thing he did the next morning was go to daily Mass. He would be, find, he'd be found often at daily Mass, being fed with the same Jesus that you and I are being fed with. And it's been refreshing to hear about people getting away from the naysaying about others and actually looking at the good someone else has done for once. Maybe he lived like St. Paul with an idea of how much Jesus loved him from the cross. Maybe he lived spiritually always at the crucifixion and that's why he did what he did. And was he perfect? No. But he knew what God did for him and he lived in the light of the cross And he was just one of the many examples of being salt of the earth by helping others, by being genuine, asking questions, going deeper. I was talking to my brother about this whole Kobe Bryant thing. So my brother actually coaches softball. And he was telling me about how a lot of coaches have been talking about how they've been just kind of overdoing it with sports. My brother said it's just been a a little bit of a wake-up call to make sure that he's not just acknowledging his daughter when she gets a good grade and not just acknowledging her when she gets a good hit, but just to love her because she is his daughter. You know, you and I don't know when we're going to pass. It could be today. But if we live in the reality of what Jesus did for us on the cross, it should hopefully help us say those things that we need to say, that we love those that we love, to forgive those that we need to forgive, and to get over our egos and to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Take time this week to place yourself spiritually each day at the foot of the cross and to be the light of the world and be salt of the earth. And maybe consider joining some of our different parish activities. Because maybe you're like me, just kind of a butt and ears, not doing much. And maybe this is just an invitation by the Holy Spirit to come forward to build community and to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Amen.